0: The Greatest Rescue Mission, that's what Christmas is all about, the beginning of that mission. So, um, I had a very long message, so and then I figured the kiss would take 45 minutes, so I, but it's going to be good, because what I intend to do is to recap the Christmas story, and I'm hoping that... By the time we are done, everyone will get a good appreciation and learn something new. Something that will bring glory to God. So the title of the message this morning is, Why God Informed Shepherds. Have you ever thought about that? Why did God inform shepherds? So the way I've structured this message is to make sure that the kids are not bored, you are not bored. So it's going to be... Give and take, and then I will interject, and then I will finish. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that we are here this morning. We pray your spiritual guide and direct that the words will be, that will be spoken will bring glory to Jesus Christ. That everyone here will be blessed, and those that don't know the Lord will turn to him today and surrender their lives to him. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So, the Lord Jesus said these words. I am the good shepherd. That's what Jesus said. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So he called himself the good shepherd. And he refers to himself with that metaphor. And then he calls believers, those that believe, sheep. Okay? So that's what he said. He also said this. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. They know me just as the Father knows me and I know them. And I give my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this sheep pen. I must bring them into. They also will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock and one shepherd. This is all in John chapter 10. Okay? So, he was talking to the Jews specifically to the Jewish religious leaders. And he was telling them a few things here. That his sheep know him, he gives his life for them, and that he has other sheep that were not there. That would be those who are outside the Jewish confines. And he must bring them in. And there will be one sheep, one shepherd. So let me make it clear, regardless of your background, if you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are his sheep. And if you haven't, we are hoping that today will be your day. John the Baptist made this statement. When he saw Jesus, he said, behold the Lamb of God. That takes away the sin of the world. That is, was Jesus' mission. Okay. So this is my key verse this morning. This verse here. And I want to explain it a little bit. Jesus said this. My sheep listen to my voice. That means they hear my voice. They hear my instruction. And I know them. And they follow me. So when you hear the word of God and then you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior, you become his sheep and then you follow him. So, and he said, I give them eternal life and they will never. Those are strong words. They will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me, those are wonderful words. To think that a believer is a gift from the father to the son is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. When they heard that, they started stoning him. Notice, the sheep's responsibility is to listen and follow the shepherd. That's all you need to do. You listen to his word, You trust his words. You obey. That's all you need to do. But notice what the shepherd does. I read it again, but I've highlighted what the shepherd does. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So the sheep's responsibility is to listen and to follow. That's it. The shepherd takes it from there. He knows his sheep. He gives them eternal life. So eternal life is a gift. You don't work for it. You don't earn it. It's a gift from the shepherd. And he asks this. They will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. The shepherd guarantees security. When the sheep listens and follows, security is guaranteed. So, this is assurance. Guaranteed eternal life. I make this point because eternal life is a gift. You don't get it at the beginning, and then when you are not following a little bit, you lose it. It is a gift from God. That's what all it is. And it's the one that guarantees that you will never perish. It says, no one can snatch them out of my hand. I'm holding them tight. Well, my father that gave them to me is greater than everyone else. And no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. That's guarantee. So what we need to know is that the Lord Jesus has decided that he will guarantee, give us eternal life and he guarantees it. So let's move on. So now, you see, this is why I said the message has to be structured to make it a little bit more interactive. We have just did something about Christmas. I'm sure you learned something new today by the time we are done. So how did Mary, the kids are sitting here and the adults are, this question is for everybody, how did Mary conceive and give birth to a firstborn son named Jesus? I've opened the floor. Through the Holy Spirit. Is that it? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I want to make sure that the kids have it built in. Say, yeah, through the Holy Spirit. All right, let's read. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's number one. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. So you notice here, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Most High. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And the one to be born will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. I'd like to suggest a few things from this passage. The Holy Spirit came upon her and the power of the Most High overshadowed her. The power of the Most High overshadowed her. So, the one to be born is the Son of God. So the Holy Spirit, God the Father, the Most High, and God the Son were present at Mary's conception and pregnancy. The Most High was there. There's a reason for that. So Jesus was conceived and was born holy. That's important. The baby to be born has to be holy. If he's on the, the greatest rescue mission, he has to be holy from the beginning to the end. He came to rescue us from sin. And so they could not be seen in him. So that was guaranteed by the presence of the three Godheads. And Jesus lived a holy life. There was no sin in him. So many scriptures. He's the perfect son of God and the soul of all sufficient sacrifice for our sin. So I'd like to suggest to you that all three Godheads were there. And they were there. The power of the Most High overshadowed her. The only time that happens that we are aware of is when in the tabernacle and also when they were dedicating the temple and when Jesus was mis-transfigured and Peter said, oh, God, Lord, it's good for us to make three tabernacles. The power of God overshadowed, and God spoke and said, this is my son. Listen to him. So the Lord Jesus' holiness from birth was guaranteed by all three Godheads, so to speak. He could not sin, he did not sin, and there was no sin in him, so he was on a great rescue mission. All right. Was Jesus born in Bethlehem or in Nazareth? Where? Bethlehem. Bethlehem. I want to make sure the kids have it. Why? Why was Jesus born in Bethlehem and not Nazareth? Why? Because what? To fulfill scriptures. This is true. I don't know if I spoke to him. I don't think I did. Sometimes I share my message with my kids before we come here, but I don't think I told him this. To fulfill scripture. But let's read this passage. Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinus was governor of Syria. And all the people were on their way to register for the census, each to his own city. Now Joseph also went from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was betrothed and was pregnant. God decreed 700 years earlier that the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. Caesar, Augustus, Quirinius, Joseph, they were all instruments in the hand of God. God had said that this is what will happen. So how he was going to execute the event, he didn't give details, but he said it's going to be in Bethlehem. So my assessment or my suggestion to you is that God's words would always be fulfilled. It is best to obey God's words and not to fight it. Sometimes people spend time fighting the word of God. Why did God do this? Why did God do that? If it's God, why did God doesn't is very relaxed and is not worried. So it is best not to fight God's word, just obey. Because he will execute his words. Rulers and kings in authorities, those who are in position of power, they are all instruments in the hand of God. And he will use them and can use them to fulfill his purpose. Even the king on the throne is only being put there for a season. All right. Let's move on. The shepherds were the first to be informed about Jesus' birth. Is that true or false? False. True. Yes, they were the first. Remember my message: Why were the shepherds informed? That's the title of my message. I'm going there. They were the first. This is true. Were the shepherds informed at night or daytime? Nighttime. nighttime. Night nighttime. It was at night. Yes, it was at night. Let's move on. Next question, you have to think carefully about this. Who or what are the heavenly things? That informed the shepherds about Jesus' birth. Angel. There was an angel, yeah? Angel, star. Star, star. <laughs> angel, uh, you have to raise your hand so I know who is talking. Don't scream your answer, yeah? Angel, there, there was an angel and angels. They star, mm, any other? The wise men, no. <laughs> All right, good. They were, okay, the adults. It's open to the adults now. <laughs> so who were, who were the ones or the things that God used to inform the shepherds about the Lord's birth? They were angels. They, to inform the shepherds. Heavenly hosts. The what? The signs. Oh, I don't know, but let's go. An angel was there. An angel made the announcement. The Lord's glory. And multitude of heavenly armies of angels or hosts. That's what it says. The glory of the Lord was there. An angel made the initial announcement. Okay, let's move on. What did the angel do? There was a the first angel. What did he do? Yeah? Yeah? He did what? He told the shepherds about the birth of Jesus. This is true. And so the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy which will be for all people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. So the angel brought the good news about the Savior, gave instructions on where and how to find them. Where you find them, in the city of David, how? Be lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. The question you're about to ask us will be relevant to this. Okay. So if it's not relevant to this, you can ask me offline when I'm off the stage. Okay? Good. What did the Lord's glory do? There was God's glory. It wasn't just the angel, God's glory came that night. What did he do? It brightened the place. Because light has come and darkness has to give way. It brightened the place. That's what he did. Shone and dispelled darkness. And the glory of the Lord shone around and they were terribly frightened. So light came and dispelled darkness. The Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And this light shines in darkness, and darkness can never overcome it. He was coming into the world, and so the Lord's glory shone. What did the multitude of the heavenly hosts do? What did they do? They were doing what? They were praising the Lord. Suddenly they appeared with the angel and multitude of the heavenly hosts, army of angels, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Did they say it once or twice or many times? Many times. They were saying. So sometimes sometimes when we sing glory to God in the highest, sometimes some people say, why are you repeating it? Just go to something else. The angels are not tired. Of saying the same thing over and over again, saying glory to God. So they were praising God. So, what did the angels do after informing the shepherds? What did they do? Left to where? To heaven. heaven. They went back to heaven, we are told. They did go back to heaven. And the multitude of heavenly hosts went back to heaven. But what happened to the Lord's glory? After the angels informed the shepherds about Jesus' birth. What? You want to answer this question? Okay, go for it. It Disappeared. Doesn't say that. Uh, It doesn't say that either. But those are good try. Those are good try. It tabernacles. It, the glory of God has come down in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, God's glory finally arrived and Tabernacle. We read from the scriptures. You see, the Jewish people have a special place in God's program. And this glory showed up off and on whenever they were in obedience. And when they sinned, the glory disappeared. But when Jesus re- came to earth, God's glory was going to tabernacle on earth. We read from the scripture, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the return of glory, the return of the Son of God. All right. What are the names of the shepherds? Does anybody know the names of the shepherds? We don't know the names. <laughs> don't give them a name now. It wasn't Gabriel. It wasn't Michael. It wasn't, it wasn't any other one you are going to... They, we, are, we are not told the names of the shepherds. So don't give them names. Okay? But now we begin to, at least, I'm heading towards wrapping up because I realize I have children, okay? But I'm going somewhere. Were the shepherds at the bottom or at the top of the Jewish society? They were at the bottom. They were scholars, teachers, goldsmiths, fishermen, carpenters, every other person was considered more valuable, more important. But when God wanted to make the announcement, he made it to who? The shepherds. God's program is for everyone. Not even the people at the bottom is is excluded. It started right from the bottom. What did the shepherds do? They ran down and then did what? They spread the news. They worshiped the Savior and then spread the news. I don't want to read that because you said it eloquently and very well. Rushed to Bethlehem, found Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, made known the statements told them. Lessons from the heavenly visit. So I just want to highlight a few lessons and we are done. I realize we have children. So, okay. The goodness of God. God made this known to the despised, outcast, and rejected shepherds. People that were looked down on society were the ones to be informed about the breaking news. They knew it before any other person. To me, that shows the goodness and kindness of God. So nobody is too low or too small for God. He loves all of us. The nearness of God. They went on their regular job, they just thought this night is going to be another night like every other night. But they did not know that God was very close. So that is a lesson for us too. When we feel that we are all alone, the Lord is closer than we know or think. The love of God. So God gave the perfect gift to the, that the world needed a person, not an article, but a person, his son, And finally, the faithfulness of God. God had promised to give a shepherd right from Genesis. Abel, remember him? He was a shepherd who laid down his life. So God began to give the picture of what his son will be. Abel, in Genesis chapter 5, was a shepherd. Who was killed by his brother. As Cain killed Abel. or as So the self-righteous Pharisees. Wanted to make sure that Jesus is killed. Abraham. He was a shepherd. Who left home. In obedience to God. The Lord Jesus left heaven. Home. To come here. As a shepherd. In obedience to God. Isaac. Was a shepherd who laid down his life obediently to his father. I always think Isaac must have been stronger than Abraham. Given the age of Abraham, would have said, you can never do this to me. No, he was obedient to his dad. And so was the Lord Jesus Christ. An obedient shepherd. Jacob, remember him? Remember him? He was also a shepherd. And what he did was... He got himself a bride while away from home. This is what Jesus did. He left home from heaven and came here and got himself a bride. That will be you and me. We are looking forward to that day when we will celebrate at the marriage feast. Not only that, Moses. Remember him? He was a princess, or a prince, sorry, the, There are two princesses in this building today. It was a prince who became a shepherd and delivered Israel or rescued Israel from bondage. He slaughtered lambs to make that happen. And Israel had an exodus from Egypt. Jesus Christ, by his own blood, rescues us or redeems us from Satan's power into the kingdom of God. Remember this man? David. It was also a shepherd. Okay? Who brought victory to Israel? After his defeat of Goliath, they said, Saul has slain his thousand. David has slain his ten thousand. The Lord Jesus is the one that gives us victory. All of these people or pictures were pointing to the good shepherd that was coming. So God chose shepherds because they foreshadowed, if you like, the Lord Jesus Christ. Their vocation, Jesus will be the good shepherd. Their animals, Jesus will be the final all-sufficient sacrifice that will pay the price for the sins of the world. And all the shepherds in the Old Testament, they were foreshadowing the arrival of, Of the good shepherd. So Jesus Christ is God's final shepherd and lamb. I think my wife said lamb and shepherd. Was it shepherd and lamb? Which one is better? She told me one sounds better. Okay? He laid down his life. He left home to obey God. Laid down his life in obedience to his father. Like Isaac. He got a bride. The church while away from home. Like Jacob. Delivered believers from Satan's and sin's bondage just like Moses did, and he brought victory to believers. He's God's ultimate shepherd and lamb. So the shepherds point to the faithfulness of God. He keeps his words. So don't argue with God's words. The best thing to do is to obey. So the Lord Jesus is the good shepherd. It is, he is gathering his flock. There will be one flock, One shepherd. That's it. It doesn't matter. Let me say this loud and clear. Whether you're Pentecostal, you're brethren, you're close hall or open hall, it's relevant. If you are trusting the shepherd, you will be in that part of that one flock. One shepherd, one flock. My sheep hear my voice. Okay, that's Jesus speaking. And I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they will never, never, strong words, perish and no one will snide them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snide them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. I'm sure some of you, like me, when I step up at, to Northbrook and I heard the word eternal security, I scratch my head. I say, ah, North Americans, they just want to live anyhow that they want. That's why they're talking about eternal security because where I come from, you have to walk your way to heaven. You have to make it, struggle to make it. But because of my nature, I like to learn. So I just sat down and paid attention. Those are wonderful words. I give unto them eternal life and they will never perish. Now, if you didn't know what eternal security meant, that's what it means. It's a gift given to you by the Lord Jesus Christ. And that promise is guaranteed because Christians don't live on explanations but on promises. We take the promise to the bank because God fulfills his words. Are you a sheep? That's the challenge this morning. If you are not, you know what to do. They listen to my words and they follow me. The words have been spoken. What you need to do is to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and begin the journey of following him and your future is guaranteed. The Lord Jesus came on the greatest rescue mission and he came to save us. Maranatha in Christ alone. So let's pray and then we sing. I might need to finish on time. This is on her.